Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And the only place you should be betting on these sports is at betonline.ag. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline has hundreds of props with real-time odds on almost anything you can imagine. And of course, the 24-hour online casino. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to my podcast. I'm your host, Plina Edmonds. And today on the pod, I have a special guest. She is an international medalist, Hannah Miller. Hey, Hannah. Hi, thanks for having me on. (laughs) So me and Hannah, we kind of grew up competing together in uh, the ranks. It was always so great to see her combine athleticism with amazing artistry. You were always such a gorgeous skater, Hannah. Oh my gosh, thank you. I really appreciate that. And coming from you, I mean, you were amazing too. I loved skating alongside you all those years. Uh, It was so much fun. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, so can you tell us about your coaches? At the beginning of your career, your aunt was your coach, right? Yeah, she was my coach my entire career. Um, I picked up skating when I was very young. My family is kind of a skating family of sorts. Uh, Lots of hockey players, um, aunt and grandma figure skated. So I was kind of put on the ice at a young age. And from there, um, she was my coach. I had a couple other coaches along the way um, that helped me out. But she was my main coach when I started competing. Um, We had a great relationship my whole career. Being my aunt, I knew she always had my best interest at heart because it wasn't only a skating bond. It was like a love, like we loved each other through and through. So we had so much fun. I listened to your past podcast with your mom and I can relate on levels because, you know, an aunt you're close to as well. So um, there's some sort of different relationship there that you have to navigate through, but I think we did a really good job with it and kept things very like professional on the ice and family oriented off the ice. So she was great. That's so awesome. I know I was actually just going to ask you, like, since your coach was your aunt, it's almost like having a mom on the ice, but not, but at the same time, it's like this strict like boundary that you have to be careful, not necessarily crossing, but just blending like off the ice it's one thing on the ice it's another thing it's like it must have been a really cool experience honestly because yeah it wasn't your parent but it was uh an adult a professional in your life that was also connected family-wise absolutely yeah we um definitely I think navigating it was hard at some points especially when I was you know coming of age um you have that little rebellious side of you so I had a couple years where I think that my attitude got the best of me sometimes, but since she knew me so well, she could read me the minute I stepped on the ice. She knew how I was feeling and she knew how to react. So if I needed space, she would give me space. If I needed a kick in the butt, 
she would give me a kick in the butt. So um, <laughs> I think that our relationship helped overall for sure. Yeah. It's definitely such a strength to be able to have somebody that actually knows you through and through so that they can tell exactly how to handle your behavior. I think that's a struggle with a lot of coaches sometimes when they do have athletes and they, you know, they're not connected in any real way. They're just like, all right, everything about your life needs to be left out there when you step on the ice is just skating, but that's really hard to do sometimes. And so it's really important to have coaching and like professionals that can navigate how to best react and who better to do that than a family member. Right. For sure. Crazy. Who was your choreographer in the early years? Cause I remember your singing in the rain program. I think you were a novice lady and it was just spectacular. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I loved that program. I was choreographed by Daniil Berentsev very early on in my career, and he was wonderful. It's actually so funny to talk about it because when I was young, he pushed me to my limits every time we got on the ice. I remember sometimes being in tears because he all his thing was more, give me more all the time. And I was just like, I don't know if I can, but looking back, like he helped me develop into the skater that, you know, I was when, um, I was at, you know, senior nationals. So he was awesome. And I think he like worked with my strengths and developed my weaknesses in an awesome way. Um, so he choreographed me, uh, probably from novice and onward. I worked with a couple other choreographers along the way. And then even my final couple years, he choreographed at least one of my programs. That's amazing. Yeah. I always remember you just had really cool transitions and there was so much dance, which is honestly pretty unique in skating because I feel like a lot of the times when we have skaters, choreography is like always just an arm movement or like a extension to go with whatever beat of the music. But then you have skaters like yourself who come out and there's actually like a lot of dancing. You can tell like you've been trained off the ice in the actual rhythms and the style of whatever music you chose. And that's really what makes a really cool program. So kudos. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So I know you went to school full time, correct? Like as you were growing up? Yeah. What was that experience yes. like for you? Well, it was good and bad. I mean, I think that I was actually talking about this with um, some of my classmates because um, I'm working in or training in sports psychology right now. So I think that being an athlete, you have to have a balance of sport and outside forms of enjoyment. And I, uh, coming up, going to school, that was my relief from sport. So I had a different friend group, you know, I had this outlet for, you know, this totally other part of my life. The actual dynamics of it, it was hard. I mean, every day I skated before school. Um, When I was in middle school, I was skating six to seven in the morning, going to school full time, and then going in after school, plus like off ice training, that type of thing. So I was busy like Mm -hmm. every day from, you know, when I woke up until I went to sleep. In high school, I had a great school system. They actually gave me some leniency so I could do a couple online classes. So that opened up some time for me to get to the rink, not so early and not so late at night. So 
overall great experience. Uh, I love school. I always have. So it didn't bother me to have to go into school at all. And going into skating before and after school, I actually really enjoyed because it broke up my uh, skating sessions. I could have, you know, a good or bad day in the morning and then completely turn it around for the evening session. So overall, I, I really enjoyed it. That's awesome. It sounds like we had super, super similar experiences with just growing up, skating before and after school, managing all of that. But I really liked what you said about having an outlet that gives you relief away from skating. That is something it's been really interesting talking to a lot of athletes about it because we have, you know, some people in their group of homeschooling and going into school and trying to balance both is just way too much on their plate. But then we have another group, you and I both fall into this, um, as well as a bunch of other skaters I've talked to who have done school and skating it the whole time. And it's exactly what you said. There's that balance. There's that relief. You know, if something's going wrong in skating or something's going wrong in school, like you just kind of switch worlds um, and it makes everything easier almost to juggle rather than having all your eggs in one basket on the other side. And yeah, yeah, it's honestly just fascinating how I think you have to grow up learning it. I mean, some people go – to school later and they realize that the balancing is actually really helpful in relieving the stress. But um, ultimately, I think it is really hard to juggle for some people who have grown up doing homeschooling. So it's, it's just fascinating, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. And then to add in like when you are assigned to an international competition, you're missing what a week of school. Yeah. So it, you, I think in a way my school system that I was in gave me a lot of leniency and helped me along the way. And I think for some skaters that can be really hard because some school systems aren't like that. But with my experience, it was everything I could ask for. So I definitely think it's different for each individual skater and the experience they're going through. But like you said, it is a great outlet. And I learned that from a young age. Definitely. It's really important to have a really good support system and schooling is really included in that if they're going to be helping you. I remember in middle school, it was harder for me to juggle like leaving for sports. But then once I was in high school, which I mean, I started being a Team USA athlete at that point. So I had more credibility to leave school. But yeah, having them be on board with leaving school is really important. So I think if parents are looking for a school or they're looking for their kid to go compete a lot, they need to be talking to school boards or, you know, the high school that they're sending their kid to so that they can really see if they can compromise on a good schedule for their athlete and for traveling. I agree. Yeah. So after graduating high school, you went out to LA, right? Yep. So how did you come to making that decision for a coaching change, right? And what was the process like moving locations? So it was all such a blur. You know, I was coming off of a great season. Um, I had placed at uh, two Challenger Series events. So my coach and I had a discussion about just what's our next step? What are we going to do to get me to the next level? And, you know, she kind of brought it to me. She was like, you may need to move. You may need to put yourself out there and see what you can do, what you can learn. And so her and my parents and I had that conversation. We went about 
talking to some coaches and I went and visited in the spring of that year. So when uh, I was still in high school, but I took two weeks away from being here and I went to Colorado for one week to train with Corey Aid. And I went to California, LA area to train with Raphael. And from there, it was just, you know, it wasn't all about the coach. It was about what made me feel comfortable, what the rink environment was like, like what the, you know, the rest of the experience was like, what all the kids were doing or the other skaters were doing, you know. And then I was also looking at schools too, some colleges. So I like toured schools when I was there. Um, And from there, I just went to make a decision. And for me, my decision was purely off of gut. Um, After visiting both places, I was just like, I feel like training in LA with Raphael is the right decision. My aunt actually went with me to just see how I worked with the coaches, you know, see the environment and stuff like that. Um, And my mom went too. My mom's always been a great supporter. Shout out Cheryl. So we did that. And from there, you know, just started planning the move. I was 18. I moved to LA, like Downey area, which is a little outside of LA in Orange County, I believe or somewhere near there, I forget. But I moved in with some other skaters and just started training there with uh, Raphael. And, you know, Ashley Wagner was there. Nathan Chen was there. (laughs) Um, Adam Rapon was there. So what more could I ask for with being surrounded by these amazing skaters? I think I was in awe for the first month or so because I was just like, I'm really training with these guys every day. And it was such an awesome learning experience for me because I come from a small rink, you know, at my rink, I'm the only person doing triples Yeah, or I was at the time. Uh, now we have a couple girls working on them. So I came from such a like small, quiet environment mm-hmm. to go out to train with these national champions, uh, Olympians, well, future Olympians. Yeah. It was like a dream come true at that time. Yeah. Did you feel like it pushed your skating in a faster direction because you were training with other high-profile athletes? I think so. I am one to learn from my surroundings and push myself when I feel that, you know, others around me are working harder. (laughs) So um, I've always been a hard worker, but I had never seen like training in that way, like every single day, like seeing like what was going on and how they were training. So for me, I was like, I need to be doing everything that they're doing and more. So it definitely pushed me and like really motivated me. Like I was excited to get into the rink every day and just focus on what I could be doing to learn and to get better. Yeah, that's, that's really awesome. I know from my own experiences, as well as talking to other skaters, there's definitely a point where being at your home rink, if there aren't any other skaters in your level that um, you can kind of bounce energy off of when you're in training, it can start to be not a drag to come into practice, but it's just so monotonous. And it's just like, you can only look at yourself, but you sometimes need that extra push. You need that little adrenaline rush of seeing what um, your friends are doing. And so 
it was always really great for me to go to like Colorado Springs for a week or go to LA for a week and just have that like feeling. And I always coming home would feel like my skating progressed just a little bit more because I was feeding off the energy. I think that's really key. You said you lived with roommates. Did any of your family come out with you or just you were 18, went out on your own? It was all on you. My mom and my sister came out. My mom was out there for, I think, two weeks to get me settled in. And then my sister came for a week just to kind of see it. Also come to LA. Who doesn't want to come to LA? (laughs) So, and then they took off and I was on my own. I had a car. I had a place to live. It was hard. I I remember dropping them off at the airport and I just cried the whole way home because I was like, what am I doing? (laughs) Like, I have always had, I had always had such a tight knit family, you know, three younger sisters who I'm really close in age with, you know, very, very, very supportive parents that were always just, you know, doing everything possible to make me successful. And I just, you know, took a leap of faith and it was very hard, but the, I think the excitement outweighed all the other things. So I was just focused on, you know, trying to thrive. It's, it's an incredible step, especially after finishing school, you are completely independent and you had to take the reins basically in training and, you know, what you're going to do with life because you were on your own in LA, but uh, it sounds like it was a great experience for you. Yep. That's awesome. Did you make a bunch of friends in LA or like I mean, obviously skating wise, did you make any skating or friends outside of skating? Like what was the social life like for you in LA? So I'd say I didn't have much of a social life outside of the rink because Mm -hmm. I opted to take online classes through MSU. So I wasn't going to school. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, the skaters that I skated with, we became really good friends, but I mean, outside of the rink, we're usually just, you know, resting. We would get together sometimes, but I didn't really make any friends outside of that, unfortunately. Um, I think I was just so Mm -hmm. focused on skating. That's okay. I ended up moving about a year. Might have not been a year. It was maybe like 10 months after I moved to Downey. I ended up moving in with a roommate in Long Beach, And I actually found her online. She was going to school in the area. So I found her and we ended up rooming together and we were pretty good friends. Um, But at that point, I had also switched rinks. So I had an hour commute every single day to the rink. So my time at home was very limited and I didn't see her very much. Gotcha. It It was tough to have a support system and friends like I had at home in Michigan, just because I think my life just kind of revolved around skating. Mm -hmm. What was that like having that switch where you were fully focused on skating versus we talked about earlier how you grew up and you had that balance and that outlet? Like, did you feel a difference mentally, physically with skating? Was it good or bad? What did you think? To be honest, it was really, really hard. I I think I thrive when I have a great support system around me. Yeah. I didn't have that in LA. I just 
it, it wasn't the same. I think that because of that, I overall just was not as happy of a person. I also got very obsessive with skating and because I didn't have an outlet. I was like, okay, well, I'm skating, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. what, three or four sessions yeah. and then I need to go do cardio for an hour because what else am I going to do? And I'm supposed to be thin and then I'm going to go home and rest because I need to be ready for tomorrow, you know? And then the weekends I was just like, okay, well I'm skating one day and then the other day I need to stretch and roll and do all this. So it was just like very, like I got very obsessive with all aspects of skating because that it's also what I was told to do. It's also like what was drilled into my mind is that my life is for skating. Yeah. And that sounds, that sounds harsh. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily my life is for skating, but my life is dedicated Mm -hmm. to skating. I guess it might be a better way of saying it. Yeah. Would you say that um, was because of being in LA or is that something that you grew up with? I think that's from being in LA. Being in LA. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, gotcha. throughout growing up, I definitely was very, very dedicated to skating, mm-hmm. but I felt like I had other things going for me. I was doing well in school. I had a great social network, you know, right. there was other things going for me, but in LA it was like skate and be awesome. Or why, what are you doing out here? You know, like, yeah, it, it was, it was hard. It, my mindset changed and it was, and I ended up moving home, um, after a year and a half. Cause I just, I wasn't happy. It was burning you out probably. Yeah. yeah. I was burnt out. I was developing some problems mentally and I just wanted to mm-hmm. be home with my support system and my family. Yeah. It's so, so important to have a good support system, which is why it's really interesting talking to you about your experience, like moving, because I think that's something that a lot of skaters don't necessarily think about when they do make a big move. Absolutely. It's so important. Yeah. What would you say the biggest difference was training in LA with Raphael versus training at home? I think the overall environment of the rink was a Mm -hmm. huge change because I was on the ice with you know, great, great, great skaters. So that was a huge change. Um, Also, Raphael was trying to teach me a completely different technique. It started off as me changing my current technique, and then it progressed to me completely changing my technique. So that was very tough. And I Mm -hmm. struggled with that because... I was just missing things that I had, I wasn't missing before. And, you know, I, I was very dedicated to the journey. I was like, if this is what it's going to take for me to be consistent in the long run, I will do it. And Mm -hmm. it, it was, it was tough. I struggled with battling. Is this what I should be doing and what is actually going to help me? Or am I, going to be set back. Yeah. And I chose to Do you think it helped? I in the long run, it's hard to say mm-hmm. because not mm-hmm. only was I dealing with changing the technique um for a year, 
But then I switched coaches after mm-hmm. about a year. I switched coaches because it just the coaching relationship, you know, the technique, none of that was working for me anymore. So, um, and that was hard too, because that was on me. Like that was me having to bring it to my aunt and my sports psychologist and my family and be like, this isn't working. And that was hard because it was a year after everyone put so much time and money and like faith in moving me. Mm-hmm. I was just like, you know, it's, it's not working, but of course they're, they all gave gave me their blessing. I went and tried out with Tammy Gamble and, you know, immediately just switched train with her. She was awesome. She took me in, helped me through a lot. Um, and then I trained with her for mm, eight months and then ended up moving home. And uh, along that whole journey, Mm -hmm. uh, my aunt was by my side the whole time. She would travel with me to competitions. Um, Whenever I came home, she would work with me. Um, So we kept a really strong relationship as well. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, it's very interesting. I think, I definitely feel like it's hard to change your technique when you've already learned everything because you already have this ingrained muscle memory from years and years and years of learning the jumps in the first place, right? Like I would say like roughly it takes people like almost 10 years-ish, maybe more, maybe less to get all of your triples. That is so, so much time. And so then to try to change it after you've already gone all of that way, the timeline wise doesn't make that much sense to me just because like changing your technique again, that muscle memory is like, how do you change it? So that's why I was curious on whether or not you think it was actually changing, whether it was like actually helping you. Cause I know a lot of skaters also have that in mind where, okay, well, I'm going to go to this coach and I'm just going to fix my technique, change my technique, do it the way that their skaters are. But do you think that you were making your jumps better? Like, or was it that you started missing them more because you were trying to change them? A little bit of both. I Mm -hmm. think some of my jumps got a lot stronger Cool. Um, when I did them with the right technique, mm-hmm. they were strong. Awesome. But it was more likely I would miss them sometimes because I wasn't as familiar with the technique. So it was kind of a balance mm-hmm. that I had to manage. With the new technique, I spent so much time just missing. Yeah. Like I remember I I had a pretty strong triple Lutz and that whole season I just kind of missed and it was so frustrating for me because I was like I know how to do this job (laughs) like I really do and I'm just missing so it was very 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 frustrating but I do think that with a lot of things it was helpful and I think that my jumps did get stronger you know I was skating faster they were cleaner um, for the most part so Mm -hmm. overall good Good. Yeah, that's awesome. I I would say it maybe if I stuck with it for longer, it would have been more beneficial, but who knows? Yeah. I mean, not us. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) No, that's good. I think that's really good for like skaters and parents to hear because it's not easy to change your technique, um, especially that far down the road. Right. So if anybody is thinking of 
you know, making a move, making a change for that reason. They need to be prepared that it's going to be a really difficult, both physically and mentally, just a challenge. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you moved back home and then you started attending college at Michigan State University, right? Yep. So how is balancing skating with college? Were you doing both at the same time or did you already start focusing more on school? I was doing both. So I lived at home for about a year after I moved home and I would just kind of structure my skating around my classes, which in college are much more flexible. Mm -hmm. It wasn't as difficult as high school, I'd even say. But also there were a lot of other things in my life that just made skating more difficult in general than it was in high school. I mean, I was, I was 20, you know, things yeah. change from when you're a 16 year old to when you're a 20 year old, a lot of things change. <laughs> so I do. Uh, <laughs> yes, I, yeah, I, I was finding my happiness again, uh, being at home, going to school. I, like I said, I love school. So um, I was really happy having that balance back in my life. That's awesome. You study kinesiology, right? Yeah. So currently I'm doing my master's in kinesiology Mm -hmm. and my focus is psychosocial aspects of sport and physical activity. So that's the long way of saying it, but basically sports psychology is my career goal. But, and then my undergrad is in uh, psychology. Wow. That's incredible. What motivated you to go in that direction? Is it, you know, from your own experiences in skating or? I think that it was a lot from my own experiences. I worked with a sports psychologist throughout my entire career and she was amazing. I could turn to her in my darkest times and she helped me through so, so much. And I also found that I, I tended to like, when I had therapy sessions with her, I would just kind of talk and talk and talk until I talked my way through things myself. So that's what kind of got me thinking, like, maybe I could be good at this if I actually like learned about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point in my um, college career, I, I didn't really have my heart set on anything, to be honest. I was just kind of like, I have no idea. Um, yeah. So I started learning about sports psychology. I changed my major to psychology and uh, I, I fell in love with it. Um, and I think it does have a lot to do with my experiences. I haven't been very public about anything regarding the, all everything I've went through. Mm-hmm. I, when I stepped away from skating, I kind of just said, I'm going to focus on school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, looking back at it, I think it was cause I was just kind of embarrassed by, you know, what I was dealing with internally. And I didn't feel the need to, you know, tell anyone. And plus like at that point, like I didn't have a name for me, like, you know, you, or like, you know, Gracie, like, props to Gracie for everything um, she's been talking about and putting out there. But I think it's really important to like talk about this stuff. And now that I'm like, feel like I'm healed and like better and like studying it, I'm like very passionate about it. But when I did step away from skating, I was dealing with anxiety, depression, and disordered eating. Mm -hmm. So, you know, kind of the things you hear from figure skaters, And it was really, really tough. And I think the sport is just so hard. 
I just like, I wanted to get back to being me and being like the happy go lucky, like in love with the sport person I was. Mm -hmm. So that kind of fueled me stepping away and like also like dealing with those things and getting through those things and feeling stronger because of it. And also having like firsthand experience with the sport and with sports psychology, I came to the conclusion that I I hope and I think that I can help people going through similar situations. Um, and that's really my goal. So that's awesome. Uh, we'll see. I have a lot more school to do, but working on it, um, I'm passionate about it. So we'll see. That's, I mean, that's honestly the best because you're going to have both your real life experience that makes you qualified to like speak on that, but also with the schooling, with education and the certification it's just going to make for that much better of a relationship with your future clients. Right. So that's awesome. Would you say the transition of moving from skating to like retirement and focusing on school, was that made easier because you were dealing with issues and it was kind of like, it's time to let skating go. Or was the transition hard because you were so, you know, engulfed in skating in your whole life. And then all of a sudden it's just not there anymore. I think that it was a little bit of both. I, when I stepped away from skating, I kind of framed it in my mind as I can come back. Mm -hmm. So when I did step away, it wasn't all or nothing. It wasn't like I'm done for good now. Gotcha. Just because I still love the sport so much. And like, I came to the decision myself with out external sources that I needed a break and I needed a reset. I think that made it easier on me because it was my decision. I also think that I stayed involved with the sport for the reason of not missing it so much. And because I still love it and have a passion for it, immediately after I quit and kind of during the final year of my skating I started coaching and then immediately following I started choreographing so I'm still at the rink almost every day um I still skate uh I try to skate every couple weeks but it gets hard with school and stuff so I'll still go out there and throw around some triples sometimes not easy uh, (laughs) for any of the retired skaters out there they they know <laughs> your body takes a beating when you, it's not used to it, but it's, it's fun. Yeah. Oh, it's so fun though, because you're out there and you don't have pressure. You're just like, okay, I'm going to try this. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, I can laugh about it. Whereas when you're in the midst of a skating career, you're like, I better land this jump right now or I'm going to get angry. Right. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So it, I, it's fun. Yeah, no, it's, it's really nice going back to the rink to skate now. Like you said, it, there's no stake in whatever you're doing. So it's purely just like returning the love of skating that all of us got into it in the first place. Right. So it's like, there's no yep. pressure. There's no, I have to get this, this, and this done, which makes us dread training. Right. It's a job instead. It's just like, Oh, we'll see what I do today. And it feels good. Everyone's yeah. happy to see you. Everyone's like happy to see you just having fun. Like nobody is expecting you to be training super hard and like landing things in training because everyone knows you have a competition coming up. You know, it's just, 
a completely refreshing feeling as a retired athlete now to just skate for fun. Yeah. I, I love going to the yeah. ring still and just playing around with movement and it's good workout, you know, all the good stuff. It's, yeah. it's, <laughs> I, I love it. I need to find more time to fit it into my schedule. <laughs> Definitely. Well, you kind of touched on this with what you talked about a little bit of disordered eating when you stepped away from skating. So body image is one of the biggest issues in our sport. How did you feel growing up in skating regarding this? And did that change when you stopped skating? So growing up in skating, I didn't face any sort of pressure about my body until I was reaching probably 17. No, it was 18, 19 years old. Mm -hmm. And then I started to receive external pressure about maintaining my, you know, thin shape. And I was always kind of a more like not a long, thin, lean skater. I was always like muscular. Um, I'm short. Um, so powerful. Yeah. Powerful. Mm -hmm. And so I started to receive, you know, some comments about it late in my career. They started as constructive and then they changed when I moved to be less constructive. And from there, my body image plummeted. I found that I was restricting my eating. I was counting my calories. I was just all into this idea that I needed to be an exact weight on the scale. Mm -hmm. It ended in like disordered eating behaviors, which was so disappointing for me personally, because I like never thought I would turn to that. Mm -hmm. I just have always felt that I am healthy eating, mindful, person in regards to all of that. Mm -hmm. And so when it did turn to that, and I did have this really negative body image, it took a toll, you know, everything. It took a toll on my skating because I wasn't confident. There were thoughts going through my head when I was at the rink that, you know, I can't land this triple because I'm too big. Stuff like that. So my mentality completely changed uh, my last couple years of skating. So that was really tough, uh, mm -hmm. especially because I never dealt with that uh, early in my career. And I think that for a lot of skaters, it's kind of a like coming of age thing when you start to like mature and become a woman and like Absolutely. put yeah. weight on that's supposed to be put on when you come of age. You sometimes face some backlash if if not from yourself, which I did. I I mean I'm very hard on myself, so. It was coming from myself as well as extern external sources. So it's tough. And I think a lot of people go through it. After I uh, quit, I, you know, really wanted to fall back in love with my body and like how I'm built. Because it was trying to be like, people were trying to change it. That's just like not how I want to, or what I want to be doing. Like I'm, I've, and I've came to the like conclusion and like the ideal, I guess that, you know, my body serves me 
and does amazing things. And if I feel it properly, it can be whatever shape it wants to be. And I need to learn to love that. After I came to that conclusion and, uh, you know, started working on it for myself because I knew I needed to, you know, the disordered eating habits started to go away. I started to feel more comfortable in my own body and I just wasn't worrying about it as much. It was so all encompassing when I was doing sport. It drove me crazy and I drove myself crazy, but now I, I think I have a way healthier relationship with my body and it took so much work. I've, I haven't been skating for two years now. And I'd say that the past maybe six months is the most comfortable I've felt because it's hard. You're not, you're not training anymore. So your body's changing and you're trying to figure out how much fuel you need without training to feel good. So, and it's just a totally different, you know, body that you have to adjust to. So it took a while. Um, it took a lot of soul searching, I'd say, to just like figure out why are you beating yourself up so bad about like your body that's beautiful and like is, helps you such amazing things. So it was a journey, I'd say. <laughs> it was uh, hard. And I think the skating world is uh, just can be so hard on bodies, like body image, um, all of that. I just, I wish that it was healthier Yeah, for young skaters. Definitely. I mean, pretty much everything that you said from the point that a lot of young women start to go through puberty and their bodies start changing. And it is this scary factor where you don't actually know what is going to happen with training, what's going to happen, um, you know, with all of your jumps. And that's kind of what that's the mentality that coaches have a lot of the time where they're just concerned, like what's going to happen. Um, and because they're not educated in how to properly handle their athletes when they're doing that, because it's not just a body change. It's, it's all psychological too. You know, our brains are changing, our hormones are changing, everything is changing and you have to be able to navigate it in a completely like respectful way, um, an encouraging way, you know, constructive criticism rather than, it's not a hateful comment, but it's just so negative and that just plummets the confidence. Like you were saying, your skating felt that confidence. And I remember talking to Rachel Flatt about this, talking to a skater and, you know, having their jumps not working and saying, you know, it's because of your weight. That is not a fix in that session. That's not going to help you with your jump. And it, all it does is destroy, you know, your thoughts about yourself, your thoughts about yourself for the next few weeks, because you're going to be trying to lose weight to land this one jump when in reality, maybe there's a technique fix that could help it. Maybe you just need to keep going. You know, we fall so many more times than we land. And it's just, it's, it's a very toxic mindset to be in that um, I think a lot of coaches, sometimes unknowingly, sometimes I feel like out of spite, they'll kind of dig it in, which is just so bad for our athletes and it's bad for our skating culture. Um, but stepping away from skating and having your body change as well. Like when you're not working out, finding that balance takes a long time. I mean, I've seen so many skaters talk about how they just don't know how much food they need, how much exercise they need. They don't want to exercise because we've trained our whole lives. Like it's time to stop. Um, but it really isn't until you start to let your body recognize its new rhythm and also 
take all the stress away. I know for me, it, it was crazy. Like you said, growing up, I never had any issues. And then all of a sudden I was hearing these comments and I didn't know how to handle them. And it hurt to hear outside voices say that, but it hurt more for me to start realizing it and being hard on myself, uh, both in training and then out of training, you know, looking in the mirror, all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I completely stopped trying to be obsessive of, you know, food and calorie count, the amount of exercise I was doing. I remember when quarantine first hit last year and everyone was off the ice. I was so stressed for almost two months. Like if I don't work out enough, if I don't run enough, if I don't do enough jumps on the floor, I'm going to lose everything and I'm going to be heavier and lose my like shape I've worked so hard to achieve. All of those things, it was stressing me out and I like I couldn't relax my body into being a healthy shape and as soon as I decided to step away and like release all of that pressure, I honestly feel like my body is in the best shape it's been in since I started puberty, which is crazy to think about, but I think that pressure and that stress holds so much weight to our fitness level, which is absolutely. Yeah. I, I agree. Like once I stopped stressing about it so much, I was like, wow, like my body is still the same weight as it was. I still feel the same. I still look like the same as I did and I'm not, micromanaging it. So I think it's hard. It's, it's very, very hard for every individual to, you know, come to terms with what you're doing with your career, with your skating, um, all of that. And I give so much props to everyone who trained through quarantine, because I think that I would have gone crazy trying to stay in shape. Like you said, that is tough if you're not on the ice. So, um, and you know, all the skaters who have been competing through it and all of that, it's just outstanding. Yeah. It takes such a toll both physically and mentally. I think the mental game is so much crazier this past year with all of the athletes. Um, and it, it'll be very interesting to see how it affects our future athletes and like how next season goes, you know, people haven't been competing. It's such an unknown and uh, it'll definitely, definitely be interesting. I think so too. Yeah. What advice would you give to young girls, you know, who are growing up in skating now um, or girls who have retired in regards to that topic? Well, for young girls, I think that it is important to maintain your love and your passion for the sport because that is what will guide you through the good and the bad and will make you appreciate your growth and the hardships and everything about the sport. Because if you're not in love with what you're doing, it's a hundred times harder. It's not as rewarding. So I think trying to maintain that is really, really important. And with that, you need a system in place that allows you to maintain that love and that passion. Okay. That like, for me, that includes my coach, that includes my trainer, that includes my sports psychologist, that includes the people I'm training with. So it's really important, I think, to make sure that you have everything in place that is keeping you happy and in love with the sport. Because through, with that, you know, you can, achieve anything, I think, because you're in love with what you're doing. In regard to retirement, um, that one's a little trickier, I think, because 
there's so many different paths you can take after skating. But for me, it really helped me to find something I'm passionate about outside of skating, you know, and that's sports psychology for me, but it can, it can be anything. It can be, you know, transferring to working on dance, working on art, working on school. There's so much out there for you to do. You are not just a skater. You are so, so, so much more. So I think that's like super important. And then also trying to get back in the rink. It's helped me. I, uh, still skate. I took up coaching. I took up some choreography. So staying in touch with the sport um, has been really just like settling. It makes me feel like my heart is still involved in something that has been such a huge part of my life. So hopefully that was some good advice. (laughs) No, absolutely. I think that was great advice you know, our competitive careers are done already, but it's, it's really great having fun skating memories, you know, to look back on. And one of my favorite Grand Prix moments was when we were at Ross Telecom Cup in Moscow and we went to the Red Square and we got mm-hmm. hot chocolate. Oh my it's gosh, just like yes. those little things. Yeah, yeah. Like those things stick out and it's just, it's, it's really nice. Yeah. That was so fun just like such a vivid memory in my mind. And I remember we were like, we have to get hot chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) It was so good. (laughs) It was so good. So rich. I remember we were like, we can't even finish this, but so worth it. It was like melted chocolate. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think treating yourself to those little things mm, goes a long way. Goes a long way. For sure. What would you change in the judging system if you could? Hmm. (laughs) That's hard. I know. I am one to reward or want to have more rewarding for artistry. I think that programs that are whole, as in Mm -hmm. they have amazing jumps, amazing spins, amazing transitions, amazing expression, you know, just those programs that you sit down to watch and they're just like, wow, like through and through, I wish those were rewarded more. I think sometimes that the big jumps are what's rewarded. Mm -hmm. And I am not saying at all that they should not be. Uh, The quads that are being thrown right now by both men and women is just astounding. And those should absolutely be rewarded. But I wish there was more of like an even distribution between jumps and spins and program components but I think it's a hard balance and uh, Mm -hmm. I think that uh, it's hard to change it I guess from where it is now but I'd like to see that a little bit Um, besides that I I think that's the main big thing for me it's actually really cool to hear that again from yet another skater because pretty much almost all of the skaters I've talked to and asked this question, everyone is saying the same thing. And we've, really? we've been seeing our sport, you know, start taking this direction where it's all about the elements. It's all about the jumps and the skating part of it is starting to lack and we're losing a fan base and, you know, like all of this kind of stuff. Um, and it's, it's just awesome to hear that the actual skaters who we're in the system and, you know, continue to watch the system and see where it's going, do want that change. And they do want the components to mean more. Um, and again, coming from an artistic skater yourself, it is 
you know, it's so essential because that's why people turn on the TV and start watching skating. Like, you know, the jumps are cool, but they last like a second and then yeah, you have a four minute program. So it, it needs to be valued. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah. Now that it's all said and done, are you satisfied with your career in skating? That's tough. <laughs> I, I, ha- I took a minute to think about that and I've got to say that's tough. Um, looking back, I always am like, I could have done this differently. I could have, you know, worked harder. I could have, should have, you know, all of those things. I think that in the past two years that I haven't been training, I've really tried to make peace with my career. Um, of course, going into it, I had huge goals. You know, I wanted to be an Olympian. I wanted to be a national champion. I wanted to go to worlds. And I think that like, those are great goals to have. It just, it didn't work out that way for me. And I put my heart into it. I, you know, succeeded in so many things, made so many accomplishments that, many other people don't. And I'm so thankful for that. So I try to look back with just thankfulness and love and just like, uh, acceptance for what I did do. And it's hard. It's so hard. Uh, cause if you don't achieve those goals, it's like, you look back at, you can look back at it with regret, like in a snap and just be like, well, I didn't do that you know, so it's been, it's, it's been hard to try and like frame my mind (laughs) in a way that is very accepting and like thankful, but Mm -hmm. I've reached that point and I could not be more happy with what I did do and all that I learned and all the people that I met. It was an awesome experience and I I wouldn't trade it for anything. It was life-changing. Yeah. You know, I think with a lot of athletes, I've been kind of throwing this around, but there's there's two ways of thinking, right? There's upward and downward. And in one way, like all of us are always going to look at, we did this much, but like we could have been this, we could have had this, this is what I wanted and I didn't quite get there. But then when you step back, it's like downward perspective. How much have you achieved that nobody else is doing, right? You were a Team USA athlete. You've gotten medals on the international field, senior Bs. You traveled the world competing. You went to Grand Prix. You were novice champion. You know, like you did so, so much. And it is like an an incredible feat that what even athletes in other sports can say that they've achieved that level. Right. Absolutely. Not a lot. And I think like thinking about it in that perspective, um, I know for me, it was – that was part of the reason for me when I was stepping away, I was like, well, I I didn't quite get to where I wanted, but then I I look back on my actual career and I'm like, you know, I, I did a lot and I can be really proud of what I've achieved compared to a lot of athletes, a lot of people in this country, in this world. And I think, you know, all of us, you very much included, you've done so much for the sport and (laughs) everyone knows you. Everyone knows Hannah Miller. Everyone remembers the singing in the rain short program. I do. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And yeah, I mean, honestly, I would, I would say like, you should be very, very proud of your career and, um, you've done a lot for skating. Thank you. I appreciate that very much. And as should you, (laughs) of course. Thank you. 
All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. That was awesome information. Um, really great episode. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun. And, you know, I love reflecting on my career and talking to other skaters and all of that. So um, thank you for inviting me. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast episode. Please let me know what you think. Subscribe to my channel. Give me a rating. Give me a review. Follow me on my Instagram. That's where I'm promoting this. My username is at Paulina Edmonds. And stay tuned for my upcoming episodes. I have some really great interviews planned. I'm super excited about them. So keep an eye out for them. And I can't wait to talk to you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.